this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 11, Episode 23, Family. Aaron, uh, how did you find this episode? You know, Jim, I'm starting to get the sneaking suspicion that we're just not going to get a satisfying conclusion <laughs> to this series, The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Because, like, how in the fuck can they even... Uh, would get get like get everything that they need to do done introducing all these complications they shot judith which which managed mm-hmm. to like like i found out how much i cared about the walking dead because when judith got shot i felt a white hot anger and rage <laughs> that i haven't felt towards a show in a long time uh-huh. and then almost immediately with the certainty that like oh she's going to live and everything's going to be fine um, but yeah, I just like this episode. I kept track of all the scenes that were clearly just servicing the sequels. Hmm. And it sucks. It sucks that I've been watching this show for 11, 11 seasons, supersized seasons, I might add. And I'm not going to get what I feel like is a rewarding conclusion to this story. I, I might be wrong. Maybe they'll have maybe next week will be a 90 minute episode. <laughs> They'll deal with the Commonwealth in 60 minutes and then they'll have a 30 minute day new May that gives us a nice, you know, where everyone survived. They might kill Jerry. I, I don't know. They I don't know where Jerry. this show is right now. This show started this, this, the Kang era started so much promise mm-hmm. and and still she's doing like I, I read a couple articles because I had some time. And like she's doing a really good job of mining the past and like setting up deliberate parallels to and callbacks to people like Jerry's cobbler fetish. Uh, sure. You know, uh, Judith begging to go on this mission uh, mirrors the first time that Carl begged to go on a mission and he ended up getting accidentally shot by a deer. Now Judith's getting accidentally shot by a governor and, mm-hmm. you know, Daryl hightailing it with her cradling her and our arms matches Rick hightailing it uh, to Herschel's place, cradling Carl. And so she's doing a lot of this really careful work, but I feel like she's been undermined at every turn by all these fucking spinoffs. <laughs> sure. Sure. Like, like, but so, so what did you think? And then I want to talk a little bit about just one more time for posterity of a better world where the AMC executives were not money grubbing assholes. Yeah. Uh, well, she's being undermined by one other spinoff and it's not in the walking dead universe. It's in the star Wars universe and, or I can't help but compare the two. I've been watching them. Uh, I, I watched Andor over our break and mm. they did a sort of heist esque uh, episode last this most recent one. And boy, uh-huh. the two are just night and day uh, as far yeah. as quality goes. I I could not tell you 
a lot of what the plan is about here in The Walking Dead. Like there, there are some pieces that just don't connect at all, as best I can sure. tell. Um, and then you go over to Andor, where everything is just basically perfect in that episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I can't help but be dissatisfied by what I'm seeing over on The Walking Dead. But I, I don't know if that's unexpected. Yeah, I guess I I really did have a lot of faith in Kang that despite, you know, all the things that, uh, you know, we knew about the, the final season and all the spinoffs and the fact that she was involved, found out in the feedback episode that I did research, she was involved and won the spinoffs, the Daryl spinoff. I think that's probably the the queen of the pieces that are left on the board. And she mm. got that because they, they changed the filming location to Europe and she got kind of ripped off of that thing. And it just... I don't know. It sucks. And I just feel like the AMC's entire, like here's the problem with money grubbers. The harder you grub for money, the less money they'll be there because grubbing for <laughs> yeah. money is not yeah. an intrinsically good thing. And people are attracted to things that are good. Uh-huh. Okay. If you weren't money grubbing and you're like, you know what? Walking dead's a little disappointing. You know what? Let's, let's, let's just polish up this turd as much as we can. Let's, let's, let's do as much as we can to, to send this off nicely and then we'll start leaking in six months that there's some development deals behind the scenes. And a couple years later, the triumph return of the Walking Dead universe with this spinoff or this spinoff. But the fact that they're just spinning off like, I don't know, four different things on top of the two sequels they already got going just shows that they and, and that's just why they're all doomed to failure. Like people ask, will you I don't I mean, I might watch a few of them just for shits and grins, but like the writing's on the wall that like, there's no way they can keep doing these shows at the quality that they're doing them. In fact, this season has been, you know, remarkably cheap looking in places. Sure. Sure. I, I've even noticed that the zombie makeup is slipping and some of those big zombie crowds. There's some shoddy looking latex, man. Yeah. They were talking about some of those are digital, which I thought was interesting because I couldn't really tell. Um, I thought there was something off. There was something where yeah. like that, that would explain it. They're like blue, blue socking these people's faces. Like their eyes are oddly prominent. Huh? Okay. Their living eyeballs are oddly, uh-huh. you know, they're clear white, just regular old people. Eyebrow, uh, eyeballs are, and I'm like, huh. yeah, some of them are out there like squinting and cleaning their glasses. I, I don't get it, but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're they're taking the glasses off, using another zombie shirt to clean it. It's very gauche, not just not cool made it dirtier. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just like I I just I'm I have no idea how in the world they're going to overthrow the Commonwealth, reestablish Alexandria and the Hilltop, uh, and give every every character a moment that we kind of want them to have. Yeah, I guess that's the other thing about this episode is I expected we would be further along by now. I thought this would be the episode where everything came to a head and it seems yeah. like it's not. I don't know, man. I feel like the Whisper arc was the best arc they had in a long time and it felt like nothing lingered too long. Everything advanced at a, a, a pace, maybe got a little too fast at the end there. Uh, maybe that's where Angela Kang found out that they were going to spin off uh, fully half the cast so she can't kill any and, and, and it started but like you're you're mm-hmm. right like I felt the same way about the Commonwealth it just felt like it was cracking along pretty good and then suddenly it is going too both too slow and too fast at the same time sure yeah I understand that um well, they have to do ass pulls like Eugene yes. just becoming a death commando that can effortlessly stealth kill hardened troopers or we're jumping from a scene where Pamela tells her her new best goon 
not to worry about Mercer and then to right. a scene where he's arrested for treason. Like, <laughs> I was like, are we missing a scene? <laughs> We're yeah. absolutely. I just fell out of the script there. Yeah. I, I think I follow what's happening, but, but yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of puzzling, a lot of puzzling decisions going on here at the, the late game, the walking dead. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate, but uh, I feel like it's, it's uh, keeping in the tradition of the walking dead. <laughs> The show hasn't been exactly yeah. stellar throughout its 11 season run. So it hasn't, but just a you know, said, the Kang, the, that's the thing. The Kang era reminded us that you could still make a pretty good show with a reduced budget and reduced audience and still, you know, reward the people that are there. And I think she's still trying to do that. It's just a boy. God, she's just been sabotaged at every way for no apparent reward. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be very interested to see what Angela Kang moves on to uh, as a showrunner, uh, Mm -hmm. because I think uh, this is definitely God. Give her give her a a Game of Thrones spinoff. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Give her give her a 40 million dollar budget and some 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 decent scripts to work with and see what she does, because I've seen what she's done for a shoestring. Right. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the recap and we can talk about this episode more detailed okay here's what's new in premium content for our club members badass fest 6 is just around the corner do you have your tickets yet we promise you don't want to miss our secret badass movie and ensuing podcast festivities happen live at 7 p.m on june 21st in cincinnati ohio get your tickets now at baldmove.com slash live Back to our regularly scheduled broadcast time for lunch with Jim and Aaron this week. That's right, I'm back from Wonderfest, no doubt, with lots of model talk. Catch the live stream at 1 p.m. or check out the podcast later that evening. And finally, if you're a Patreon Club subscriber, you should know that you need to change your selected tier. Whether you want to downgrade to save some money or upgrade to keep your current features and get access to a whole new set. All the details of the changes are outlined in a post on our Patreon page, so head over to patreon.com slash baldmove right now and give it a look so you don't lose access to all the premium content. If you want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content, plus ad-free feeds. Mission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. We start off with Judith uh, getting a voiceover and finally some screen time. As everyone takes up arms in a series of flashbacks, she says that this will be the day that everything 
changes forever. Um, yeah, there's a lot of identifiable weapons here, just kind of in a in a box. Uh, everybody gets their turn taking one out. It's it's an interesting combination of present and past. I think in this in this scene. Yeah, it's interesting that um, the one that jumped at because I'm like, you know, they show all these iconic weapons, you know, uh, Carol's ridiculous knife, uh, Rick's ridiculous python. And they get uh, they show Eugene, who in my mind doesn't have a signature weapon. Sure. But they conspicuously show him kicking ass. Did they film this specifically for this scene? Because I do not remember in the entire maybe maybe he had some moments in the war arc uh, with Negan, but I do not remember I do not remember Eugene ever kicking ass. I don't either. So I feel like this is all in service uh, of Eugene kicking ass in this episode. You're not supposed to remember that his whole thing is he's an abject coward who is not that he has a he lacks the capability of violence. You know, he'll bite a dick with the best of them. Sure. When when his but that's the stuff he does when he's pinned to the back of the wall like a man of action. He's not. And Mm. I don't know. Like, I think there's been a little bit of an arc where he's tried to tell Daryl, like, no, man, I'm a badass. I can be badass. I got a woman that I, I love and it's a motivation and I can do. But you, desire does not give you the skill. And these mm-hmm. are not like the fresh green recruits that just came out of the row houses. Right. These are the inner circle. Sure. The dudes that don't work for Mercer. Mm-hmm. The like real dyed in the wool killers and Eugene is just fucking Sam Fishering them, splinter selling them. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, his size makes him a formidable guy. I'm sure if you get if you it's true if you he gets you well, to the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of mass rolling at you, but uh, a lot of mass. You're stuck in that that constricting and and uh, immobilizing body armor. I I could see him getting the best of you, maybe. Um, but but yeah, I mean this scene is like it's kind of forced to give everybody a signature weapon, right? They, they, the point they're trying to make is that everybody now has to take up arms and work together. And if Eugene doesn't have a weapon, well, he kind of needs to get one. So, um, did you, are, were you aware of Michonne and Rick's secret phrase that they say to each other? I don't think so. They made it big in like, I, I was racking my head and I'm like, man, maybe, maybe rack my brain rather. Maybe they did. And I had to look it up and there was some confusion even amongst the fans. But I guess the, the common uh, solution to this puzzle is we're the ones that live. Really? That I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they say that, but like, and I guess if it's a secret phrase and you can get away with them not saying it in front of the audience, but like, <laughs> sure. I mean, yet, yeah. yet I smile is great. Cause like, that's an absolute. I, yet I, I smile. Remember, yeah, exactly. But this like, we're the ones that live. I don't know. I don't know that I was established. It's kind of, it's also kind of a weird saying like, Oh, all these other fuckers are the B plot. We're the A plot Michonne. <laughs> we're the ones that live. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the ones that spun off. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, I, they also like they had I I thought it would be hilarious because I was like, oh, please be just survive somehow. Please yes, be just survive yes. somehow. Please call back the Enid. We didn't get that call back. <laughs> um, do you think Judith is going to die? Because I couldn't help but notice that Carl passed off to Judith, the sheriff hat, the episode that he died. Yeah. And they make a big and, point about in the like inside the episode or whatever uh, about her passing the hat off to RJ. So. 
Right. And and the fact that like they also, you know, she's pulling Rick's gun out, she's putting Michonne's mm-hmm. thing, she's got hilariously, she just is carrying his constitution around in the battle. Yeah, I don't she's understand. Nick it. She's national treasuring <laughs> she Alexandria. Is. She's you need a tube. You need a leather bound <laughs> tube yeah. to carry a document into battle and have oh, it and, and have it survive. Maybe there's secret phases written on the back. You just need a lot of lemon juice to read it. You need lemon juice and a hair but they don't have the hair dryer, <laughs> so yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that they're really signa- signa- signaling that Judith's days are over. There's also this, um, everything comes at a cost. She says the word cost twice, and they mention, is this, again, pretty sophisticated foreshadowing. When she mentions the first time that everything comes at a cost, they show Aaron and his conspicuous robotic arm. And the second time when she says that uh, there there will be a cost that must be paid, they show Daryl and there's a gunshot sound. All right. Uh, and we know that we already know that uh, uh, shit. Who who's the who's the the whisper girl? Lydia. Lydia. Yep. Lydia did pay the price this episode. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. Judith's lips are looking awful blue in that last scene. Yeah, it's possible she could die. I. Haven't heard anything about a spinoff for her. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess she's still. How would on you the feel if she died? Because for me, I think that would be one thing that I would really hate. You know, like that's the one thing I said that I was expecting from this show is that, like, you know, a happy ending for some people. And I shouted her out in particular. It feels it'd be it feel particularly mean spirit for this show to kill off Rick's oldest child at this point. Yeah, I don't know, because I felt like there was a Rubicon with Carl where once we, once we killed Carl, there is just kind of this feeling that, well, all bets are kind of off because Carl was the guy, right? Like Carl, that, that definitely turned the page on the comic books and said, we're not doing that. Whatever the comic books are doing, we're not doing that. So, yeah. So if you want to say like, Oh, Judith is like too, too sweet of a soul too too much embedded in the Grimes, family and kind of the last remaining member and it would be i mean i know look michonne and rick aren't dead they're probably coming back in some kind of sequel but for this show it would feel like i think i'm with you it would feel like a bridge too far to kill every single member of the grimes house yeah Uh, i mean you got rj but that's that's true true yeah Rick and Michonne, but our, which our is like the next like generation. It yeah. cracks me I up know. that they won't give this kid a single damn line. Didn't they give him like one line six half seasons or six th- uh, three-parted seasons ago? I can't yeah, remember. he said he said something, but it was something minor. Like I like pancakes, you know. It's like right. they did. Yeah, but now just, he just stands there like a mannequin the whole time with the <laughs> silly smirk on his face. I don't know. I don't, it's weird, man. It is weird how they're characterizing him. Um, yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that they, no one's ever told Judith that she's actually uh, Shane's bastard daughter. Oh, yeah. Because she shouts out Lori. I, know, I don't remember uh-huh. my mom, uh, which is a good thing. And she talks about her mom, Michonne, and her dad, Rick. But no one's ever said that, like, oh, actually, there was another <laughs> another piece of the puzzle here. <laughs> That's going to be one of Daryl's stories <laughs> that he promises uh-huh. to tell her after he gets back. Oh, I got some stories about your mother. Don't you worry mm-hmm. about her ways to burnt pancakes, <laughs> flipped over cars. Yep. Uh, what are the so things- division nonstop amongst the survivors. True. Oh, my God. 
Well, uh, one of the things that I found outrageous in this flashback sequence when they're doing all the weapon stuff and they're, they're giving everybody their signature weapon, they give Lydia the staff as a signature weapon. That yeah. staff has been half the cast's signature weapon at one point, yeah. right? Morgan yeah. had it at first. He passed it on to Henry and he passed it on to Lydia. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like they did a disservice to Henry and Morgan both by giving that staff, just, just making it appear as if that staff was always Lydia's. That's kind of her it did, thing. It, it does have that history, though. Yeah, and I, know, I feel like they should have shown cool Morgan. Too. Like, Morgan's still yeah. out there alive, right? Yeah, There's especially since he's on reference. Fear. Mm-hmm. Right. But Ooh, I don't know. They well, would Lydia. you love it or hate it if Morgan stumbles up in the last episode and's like, <laughs> I've heard you, my old friends need defending and he's got a staff? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> totally ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they're going to have Heath stumble up with his security card. They're going to have Morgan mm-hmm. with the staff. Jadis is going to come with three <laughs> bags of trash. Mm-hmm. And who else have we lost along the way? I Michonne. think that's about Michonne it. Michonne comes back. Michonne. Michonne will come yeah. stop. And then, then Rick comes in the, as the hammer to be like, I'm ready to be spun off. And then... Uh-huh. He says, let's screw some shit up at the end of the episode. And that's how the series ends. Uh, all right, let, let's move on to the next scene. We have Gabriel asking, what is this guy? Travis Purvis? I don't know what this guy's name is. I'm yeah, going to call him Tra- Travis. Travis. He's the guy that took Princess hostage at the ball. Yeah. And was the thing that blew the missing people story wide open for Connie. That's the significance Correct. of this guy. Uh, so, so, yeah, whatever his name is, he, he finds out... Um, Gabriel asked him to find out where the city's children's home is and then the survivors at Alexandria are loading up a bus Um, Negan pitches Maggie on teaming up to take out Pamela and she doesn't like the sound of we (laughs) so she says no Uh, everybody says their goodbyes Judith convinces Daryl to let her go on the mission look Maggie we've all tried our solo project you're fresh off a failure I haven't had anything going since Watchmen let's just team up and do a spin off okay yeah yeah Lauren Cohen says who's this mouse you got in your pocket you're talking we I don't know (laughs) yeah I do wonder how in this last episode they're gonna convince me that a a spin off could happen with them because Maggie seems I think pretty they dead kill, set I, I think they together. kill. I think they kill Herschel. I think they kill Herschel. And then... Um, but then why do they band together to go to Manhattan? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I, I just I, don't They've, they've it, almost got but... to where they could team up to get vengeance or something. Like, if Negan... If Negan's wife dies and Herschel gets killed, then Maggie and Negan are like, fuck it, let's go, but you can get even. But mm-hmm. what the hell is in... Are there a, Is there a whole clan of Milton's living in... Manhattan, sure. The Milton walled up in Manhattan. Yeah, they started a religion out it, there. Uh, it's not Manhattan; it's Millhattan now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I, I just don't I don't know. I because I, I the thing is like they're devoting a lot of time to getting this. Like much of season eleven has been devoted to getting uh, Maggie and Negan to see somewhere to eye to eye. Oh yeah, all the and, way back to the the other tunnels we were in. God, this se- this season, much of the season has been devoted to tunnels as well. Well, it's like you get. It's like when uh, the next generation built ten forward, and suddenly it showed gotcha. up in every fucking episode. It's like they they built these subways <laughs> to flood, and by God, they're going to get their money's worth because holy shit, they've been. 
Yeah, it's been it's been like a Super Mario game. You spend half the time uh-huh. in the underworld. <laughs> totally. Run around, da 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 da. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, know. and everybody's saying their goodbyes here, and then I I kind of like the scene where Judith convinces Daryl to let her go on the mission. He's yeah. reluctant though, because of course he doesn't want her to get hurt. Uh, I still don't know why is she hauling around the Constitution? Why is she hauling hauling around the multi community compact? Right, I would say leave that in Alexandria and come back for it. I, but it's a long journey to Alexandria. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It's like it harkens back to the days of like when the Israelites would bring the Ark of the Covenant into battle, or like the Romans would have their standards that represented their whatever gods they believed in. It's like Judith is holding on to the compact. Uh, yeah. Didn't work. Got your ass shot. Maybe maybe Daryl can make a, t- a Band-Aid bandage out of it. <laughs> yeah. The multi-community compact will finally be useful. It will it will staunch the bleeding of Judith long enough to get her to a doctor. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't know why she's got it. Um, sure, it'll come in handy next episode, though. Uh, so then Mercer brings Eugene to where Max and Yumiko are staying. Mercer says he's going to go gather trooper support to make a move on Pamela while Max and Yumiko keep the people fired up on the precipice of rebellion. Uh, Eugene is supposed to stay out of sight, so they leave him alone in the apartment. This is a recipe for disaster. You can't tell Eugene to stay out of sight. That's what Gabriel did, and then Eugene got sentenced to death. Yeah, even when when, uh, Daryl's babysitting him, you can't keep him. No. But I don't know. Uh, it, it seems like uh, a decent plan, though. I'm not sure how Max and Yumiko really fulfill their side of this. I was plan. about to say, like, they don't even attempt to try to keep <laughs> the crowd don't. whipped up, right? They no. get distracted by yeah, by hooking up operation. with the other uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. invaders. Yeah, it's yeah, they just kind of which is fine down. because they the, 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 that's the thing is like. The facts on the ground changed throughout this episode. Once Princess, uh, once Princess t- uh, radioed Mercer and said, "We got a train coming with a bunch of badasses," like it felt mm-hmm. like he let the pedal off the me- the metal a little bit. Well, he gets called away to deal with the B seventeen, and but, but if he yeah, doesn't, I, I think he tells Pamela where to stick it if he doesn't know about that train, and pr- maybe even arrests her, which he should have done anyway. Should have done the, anyway. The, we, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, him trying to do the right thing rather than the thing that would be effective. Yeah, I don't see anybody carrying out their plan here. I, I don't even see Mercer trying to get support from his troops, right? I I see especially him going since, around doing a bunch of shit that he's like just regular on the job stuff. Especially since I don't buy like I OK, Mercer's not ever been in and in, 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 uh, Pamela's trusted inner circle of. Mm-hmm you know, skullduggery and ne'er dwelling, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, she's got the shadow army that's a subsection of the Commonwealth Army that's under her direct her and and uh, the, the you know, the guy who got eaten alive's direct control. Sebastian. And yeah, they're not his men, but she's got a lot of good I it's oh, gotta Hornsby. be the vast Yeah. Yeah, Hornsby. It's gotta be the vast majority of the armies under his command and I don't understand that he doesn't know that this is all bullshit. Like these B-17s are staged raids where they're leading a pack of zombies to the gates so that the citizens calm the fuck down and like, oh, God, I guess we just need to keep our head down and eat ice cream, you know, keep calm Uh and scarf down Rocky Road. Uh, 
I don't understand why he sees this as an existential threat. It's like, why doesn't he just tell his dudes to like head off, you know, the, to go kill the other guys that are leading zombies and then lead them away. Sure. I, I don't it's know. Like he, and then he, he takes it so serious. He, he does. Yeah. I, I, I find it hard to get a read on him and his position here. Cause like, I, I know he's currently now all for the, the survivors and the takeover of, of the Commonwealth, but like, I don't get what power he had before because he wasn't in on any of this stuff and he was just kind of doing the bidding of Pamela, but not yeah. not knowing anything about what her real plan is. I, I don't it's know. Just, I, it's weird that the Supreme Commander of the Armed Forces is not in on yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. I feel like that the general should be the colonel and the colonel should be Mercer. The general like he's like the this, colonel. Yeah, like, so the, the colonel, I forget her name, they established her, like, three episodes ago, because, like, oh, we're going to need a face of the opposition, so they established this this woman colonel. Oh, Pamela's new best goon, yeah, that's fine. Yes, exactly. Her. Like, I feel like she should have been the general for the whole time, yeah. and Mercer yeah. is the second in command that has the loyalty of his troops, he's their best fighter, uh-huh. he's on all the posters, he's, like, the hero's champion, but he's not the guy on top. Because mm-hmm. if you're the guy on top, how the fuck do you not know that there's these vast... Like, where the fuck are these guys taking my Jeeps? Oh, don't worry about it, General. They're on a mission that you don't need to know about. I'm the fucking General! Right, right. Yeah, it it hasn't made a lot of sense the entire time. Especially when Pamela's calling B-17s, and who's she calling those into? Just some loyalist within the the She's just playing Battleship with somebody. That's what it is. (laughs) You suck my Battleship, Pamela, damn it. I don't know. It was weird. Um and continues to be weird, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever Mercer's going to be arrested by the end of this. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we we're on the, co- the train to the Commonwealth. Now uh, Rosita runs through the plan to get Coco back, which I don't feel as much of a plan. Maybe we could talk about that here in a sec. Um, Gabriel expresses his faith in her when he hears her ridiculous plan. And Purvis apologizes, <laughs> calling it Purvis now, to Princess and Connie for holding them both captive. Um, Because he was also the guy, yeah, who not, not only put a knife, it was a knife to Connie's throat, right? I thought it was Princess. They keep on saying it's he took well, Princess well, hostage. Princess, he, he held her in the train car when they first got to the Commonwealth, right? He was that, he was that guy. So he didn't take Princess hostage at the ball? No, I think, I thought it was Connie or why is he apologizing to Princess? Because he's just doing his duty. Like I mean, like okay, like uh-huh. hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. He felt bad for for doing his duty there. I think. Either way. Yeah. Um, um. So I I don't understand the plan really here, and I don't see anybody following the plan. So, um, Rosita runs through this plan really fast. I had to rewind a few times to to decipher it. She says, "Once we're in." the group is going to move the prisoners into hiding. The group is going to move the prisoners into hiding. So if you have prisoners that you want to kept hidden, uh, keep hidden, why are you bringing them to the active battle zone? Do, do you have, they're going, why like, do you leave they them think, in Alexandria? They think, I think they think they're going to go and infiltrate the Commonwealth and get their people positioned in key areas and then take control. 
So they're talking about all these prisoners that they, because there's all these new faces, and they're the prisoners that they've liberated from the prison camp, and they're going to, like, arm, they're going to be the nucleus of, like, the revolt, I think is what they're oh, going at. And so it gets all blown up because... To, to yes. ask witnesses again uh, for the crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it that all gets sense. blown up because Pamela, number one, knows they're coming, knows where they're coming, and number two, she's got the B-17, so the place right. is going to be overrun by zombies at the exact same time. So it's like, that's the thing. Gotcha. It's like, I feel like there's barely enough time in an episode to just do the plan as envisioned, but now that it's going to be zombies everywhere, this and that, mm. it's just, I don't know. Like, Hornsby at yet could come and jiggle some knobs and eat at Pamela. <laughs> totally. And then you don't yeah. have to overthrow anything. The zombies do it for her, and it's like a Disney type of thing where, like, the hero doesn't even have to dirty his hands by killing the villain. They'll just slip and fall off a cliff or something. Sure. Uh, they'll just slip and trip, and a zombie will jiggle a handle, and she'll be dead. There is one big gamble they're taking here, which is... Part of the plan is hopefully getting Mercer on our side is what Rosita says, which seems like a pretty big gamble. I know she's talked to him briefly about this, but the indi- well, all indications were he was not down with whatever yes. Rosita's plan was. So I- I'm, I'm glad you, you brought get this him, up. Holy shit. What are you going to do? I'm glad you brought this up because I feel like it is a little bit of a self-inflicted gunshot wound that the show has demonstrated that Mercer's already on their side. and He's ready to fuck shit up like there is no tension. There'll be a ridiculous scene here in a couple minutes where, you know, Princess says, Mercer, are you on our side over the radio? And they have like a five second beat where like Mercer's like mulling it and he's like, I'm in. And then the (laughs) private music, like, who is this for? Is it for the character Princess? Because we as the audience are like. No, dude, he's down. Yeah. yeah, of course he is. He's already he said last episode he's ready to fuck shit up. So, yeah, maybe stuff got cut in straight away. You can't do that reveal twice. You're right. Yeah, it's 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 not tidy. And I think they could have done it again if he was the second in command and like loyal to the Commonwealth, but seeing everything that's going wrong and he's, conf- he's confronted finally with evidence of their malfeasance. And this is the definitive like I'm trying to hold everything together. And then he finds out this. He's like, fuck it. But they shot their they shot their wad with him rescuing Eugene. Um, yeah, which doesn't I yeah. don't think make much, much sense. They also there's this crammed a lot of things like Connie has to speechify about Travis and how glad she's found him because this in this is her whole season 11 arc her journalistic quest to find out what happened to all these disappeared people. And here is the culmination of it. Mm-hmm. But like that doesn't quite f- work. And then Magna gets a, a speech because she's been completely underserved these last season or two with like, Oh, remember me? My whole thing was I was in jail and I felt a certain way about it. And I felt like society discarded me. Well, you and I were bros like that. Uh, that didn't really work. Cause fuck Magna. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, I love also that Daryl's just sitting here like, I want no part of this plan. Wake me up when we get there and I'll start killing right. people. <laughs> when the, sh- when the, sh- yeah, when I need to start stabby stabby. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, also I think it was interesting inversion of reality is the idea that the poor community are under policed. Uh huh. When in at least in America, yeah. one of the problems that poor communities face is they're over policed. It's like, oh, there's a crime problem. So let's. Let's flood the area with officers. It sounds like a good idea, but like police are there to find crime. So like, oh, my God, there's even more crime. We need to double the off. So now there's even more crime. Now people can't even get off on their fucking doorsteps because there's so much crime. We need to interdict it. And mm-hmm. it's just like this spiraling thing um, where wealthy communities have certainly a lot of police, but you don't feel like their presence, you know, if sure. you've ever lived in a nice suburb or whatever. 
but I thought that was an interesting inversion that like, oh, we can actually move in the 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 uh, what do they call them? The the lower, lower wards because mm-hmm. there's lesser patrols there. Yeah. No, it's it's a good idea to avoid the cops uh, if you're trying to do this stuff. If you're trying to overthrow the government, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good idea. The other question I had in this scene is, so in the previous scene uh, on this track, Gabriel had sent Purvis, Travis, whatever, to find out where mm-hmm. the children's house is. All and right. now they just kind of know. We never. I, I guess Travis. Travis found out. He he, he worked his networks and his network. Well, they have a whole. He's an all those prisoners. Those people used to live in the Commonwealth, and like somebody would probably know because it's not. I don't think this is secret information. It's literally like, where's the orphanage? Okay. He doesn't know. He doesn't have direct knowledge, but like people would know. You know, hmm. especially in a, a post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland, you'd probably know where the orphanage is. Someone would have lost a child or something, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. You're right. It is another one of those threads that you just kind of have to connect on your own, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly not the most egregious example in this episode. Um, well, let's go over to Pamela's office. Oh, there's there's a lot of thin wallpaper. Like, this oh, whole yeah. thing of, like, remember we're talking about how are they going to work a train? Like, pr- they have Princess, of all people. Like, how the fuck are we going to work a train? And uh, was it Magna? Like, I think we've got an engineer, I guess. Sure. Sure. Like, there's well, a lot of the walking dead. Just like, don't worry about it. We, we got this. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, we go over to Pamela's office and there are protesters outside. Uh, Mercer tells her he has no idea how Eugene escaped, which seems laughably uh, unbelievable. Pamela tells her new best trooper to keep an eye on him and to shoot Eugene on sight, but not to disperse the protesters because they have ways of dealing with that if it escalates. Um, and I guess they're just going to deal with it right now because Pamela calls a B-17 immediately after they leave the room. That didn't make any sense. It makes no sense for Mercer to have this tact of like I, essentially yeah, telling telling here. Pamela, I know that you're up to no shit and I don't. Yeah, like maybe we'll get lucky and find yeah. evidence of these missing people. It's like, what? This is God, dude, just wa- you've been swallowing rivers of shit for <laughs> years. Just one right. more Dixie cup full and you'll be fine and everything will be fine. And he can't do it. Can't do it. It's a bridge too far for him, man. Um no, I, I had a, quite a few problems with this scene, though though not as many problems as the way it connects to other scenes, but we'll get there. Mm. Uh, so outside, the B-17 commences with the troopers herding the herd containing Aaron's group toward the Commonwealth. They decide to break off from the pack and head for the trees, but they get forced back into another herd that's joining up. Uh, plan thwarted. I love. I, I, I think like the, when, the he- when the heroes start whispering, I think it's really funny. Yeah, because it's like when when you just hear like disembodied voices in the crowd, like they're going left. It's creepy, but when you see Aaron, when you see Aaron's like, we gotta get to the trees. Do you think now? It's like I don't know. It's just something. Just seeing them doing it, and it's like our uh-huh. heroes doing the dead voice is is just really funny. Yeah, I really like it. I, I think it's there. Like you said, it's creepy. Um there's an element of like residual i don't know past life stuff that you could see like the dead whispering you know every once in a while i could see if you were to listen in real close do do like the conversation type shit on a Mm. herd you might Mm -hmm. pick out words every once in a while right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. from past lives i think that's a cool idea 
I don't know why they never did anything with that because that would be really creepy if like it is, you know, every yeah. once in a while a zombie would absentmindedly jiggle a handle or pick up a teddy bear if they would just like because they do that in The Last of Us. Like if you over list over here a pack of infected every once in a while one of them will like briefly regain consciousness and like you yeah, know remark about creepy. the horror of their yeah it's really fucking creepy and they've mm-hmm. never done it on this show. But uh, do you think that you get used to the smell of zombie guts? Because I noticed yeah. that uh, with the the guts gambit, they've mm-hmm. gotten lazier and lazier about the apple uh, the application of these. Oh yeah. And now they're just essentially kind of like latex bits they glue on their clothes and kind of spray paint red. And it's but like it's it's really funny if you remember how bad they stink because later when they're hugging and they're burying their faces in each other's chest, <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. You probably do. It's like working on a farm, right? At first, you'll, you'll know, oh, my God, there's a horrible manure smell here. And then eventually you're just tuned out to it. <sighs> if you can get used to living next to a pig farm, I guess you can mm. get used to rotting corpses. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Uh, I, I really like this scene, though. I think it's cool that, like, they try to escape the herd here by just walking off and they walk right into another herd, which they just kind of yeah. have to go with the flow. Right. This feels like. Yeah. They're in a running river that is taking them the direction it's going to go. It's a confluence of zombie rivers. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really cool. I liked it. Also, it is also funny when they show the tracking shot from the Jeep and like you got these four, <laughs> these four or five people, with the bright, shiny faces standing out in the army of the dead. Like they, they stand uh-huh. out so yeah, yeah. much because they dig in. They're getting very like they don't want to get their heroes faces all dirty. Right. But uh, it's it, they stick out like sore thumbs. It's pretty funny. And they're at the p- front of the pack, too. They're not like trying to fall back and like, you know, let the other zombies and kind of chill. They're they're Yeah, they're charging ahead. All right, let's go over to Negan thanking Ezekiel for standing up for him in front of the firing squad. Zeke clues him in on his yet I smile philosophy and asks why he told the warden he was the rebel in the camp. And Negan says it was so his wife and his kid would think better of him after he was gone because Turns out there everyone is better than him, and he knows it. I kind of like it's a this redeeming scene. quality of him. I yeah. did too, because like I, you know, of course, someone will probably burn me by going back and, re- and and listening to what I said. But this is calls back. To, I think it's season eight, episode four, like the beginning of the war arc against the saviors, where Ezekiel's whipping the kingdom up into a frenzy for killing, and he's like, you know. I've got these storm clouds coming over my fair kingdom, and yet I smile. We're marching off to war, and a lot of us are going to get killed, and yet I smile. All these things, and the reason he smiles is because on this day, we are one united in purpose. And I think Ezekiel is getting a little bit of a kick out of Negan finally uniting behind that purpose. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, that's Ezekiel's thing, man. Like, nothing ever mm-hmm. gets him down for long. He's relentlessly an optimist um yeah i, I liked it because I, I thought that was a very again someone might go back and listen to the old podcast and i shit on it but i thought that was a memorable speech and as soon as he started that and yet i smile i'm like all right this is this is oh, peak sure. yeah. yeah yeah it's immediately re- recognizable um and i like negan's side of this you know where he acknowledges look i'm I'm a bad person, but I want to be remembered differently by the people that I've come to know and love since I've been a bad person. Yeah, um, I want to change the story you're telling about me. And I think if this dialogue were delivered by anyone with less chops than uh, JDM, it could probably get a little hokey. But yeah, I, I, I like think, him a lot. Yeah, he nailed it. 
I know I talk shit about his career. I really don't know anything. <laughs> the Watchmen and the Walking Dead. I'm sure it's been quite successful, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's he has been a real gift mm-hmm. because you think of um, the other villains that they've cast and like them, they be able to do this heel face turn. Um, you just have to have a lot of charisma. And even Negan at his worst was charismatic as hell. So yeah, I mean, we give him a lot of shit for the the bouncing, you know, hydraulic Negan uh, early on when he was playing it with uh, maybe a little too much swagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has all he had since do, turned into know? like a real character. And, and he still it. retained all that. Like I, that's another uh-huh. thing I, we didn't talk about it cause I just never know what minutiae to dwell on. But like, there's some really nifty camera work they did where Maggie and him were discussing things at the end of the bus where I don't know how they did it, but like they 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 somehow had like the point of view is fixed to them. So when they're spinning around and talking to each other, kind of like. But at the very end of that scene where Maggie blows him off and says, "There's no we," Jeffrey Dean Morgan does this kind of like bounce off of the because he's kind of leaning against the bus and he does this kind of yeah. bounce off of it and it's just a one eighty spin. The camera follows it and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, he's still he's still the guy he is. He's just you know he he still has the mannerisms that he has yeah. I mean, he hasn't changed very... as a human being right it'd be like if eugene just started talking suddenly the queen's english or something like <laughs> that would be super weird so he talks the colonel sanders english is what he talks <laughs> sure it's deep they, fried with 11 herbs, secret herbs and spices <laughs> they've done a great job with uh <laughs> preserving who negan is uh in his his mannerisms without actually like still making him the bad guy somehow and that, yeah. that's a hard corner to turn i think and they've done a really good mm-hmm. job with it. And it's taken a long time, and too. It's that they've been building that for seasons and seasons. Yeah. And they do this interesting thing where, where Negan stomps over to Maggie and she kind of looks, goes to look up at him and they cut. And I assume that we'll probably get a flashback in the early goings of the, the Negan Maggie spinoff where they will discuss what, because like, it didn't seem like it was relevant to this episode. Hmm. On rewatch, I was like, "Oh, is there going to be some hint that like?" But but no, maybe it'll pay off in the next episode. But I, I'm I'm wondering if they've made some kind of compact here. Could be, could be. All right, uh, Judith is thinking about her family, and Daryl and Carol tell her that they'd all be proud of her. And then Daryl promises to tell her stories about her family once this whole thing is over. Which, my God, Daryl, <laughs> I feel like you're setting Judith up for disappointment. You're promising to tell Judith every story that you remember about the people who loved her right before you go into a battle, which you very well might not walk away from, which is setting her up to just forever be disappointed that she won't get to hear the story. She knows existed because you died during the final battle. It's like Ned Stark before going to King's Landing promising yes, Jon Snow. Oh, yes. we'll talk about your mother boy. Eight seasons later. Wah, wah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I but I did like it because like I when when she he said this, I'm going to tell you about all these stories about all the people who've ever loved you. And I instantly mm-hmm. think uh the thing that flashed in my mind was Chad Coleman carrying her around in that igloo cooler. Oh god. Okay. You know, like all the, like literally wow. the dozens of people that come in and out of her life that have individually helped to save her, especially in those early seasons. Um mm-hmm. I don't know it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought that it I hope is, gets yeah. paid off. We'll see. Uh, Mercer fake questions Yumiko and you uh, about Eugene's whereabouts because Pamela's new best goon is kind of hanging around. Um, he gets a call on the radio from Princess after they leave, and Princess tells him they're bringing a train full of prisoners. 
Mercer says he could use them as legal pretense to arrest Pamela, which I guess is still a thing he needs. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're about to attempt. You're about to attempt a coup. A I don't coup. think he, there are legal coups, but you I have could to be wrong. win, and then you can make it legal. But yes. yeah, I'm pretty sure Pamela can be like. Actually, if you look at this bylaw, it's super illegal to depose me. Right? You know, <laughs> like come on. Uh, yeah. So Mercer promises to get them all, all these people in through a tunnel leading to Union Station, and then an alarm goes yeah. off about the approaching herd, which is obviously the B-17 that Pamela called. And I again, like, I don't know who this this suspense scene is for where Princess is like, are you in or you're out? And there's this long pause and a dramatic like, it's like, come on. And he's you, like, you yeah. could have told you could have got that to that moment. You had to restructure things very slightly. Uh-huh. Honestly, just why don't uh, it's so easy. You just don't save Eugene last episode. You have him in a cell on yeah. death row waiting and then Mercer makes a decision and then they all go and free him. And then it's like, I, yeah, then, then you've preserved the surprise. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, this double reveal doesn't really work. No, it's uh, it's funny. It's it's actually plays as comedy, I think. It's like um, it's like the cooking shows, you know, where they're like uh, or any of these reality shows where they keep you in suspense about who's going to get voted off. Uh huh. And it's like, and the person who's packing up their knives is going to be camera pan on everybody's faces. English, and yeah, it's like, come on, you, you, you're except for they revealed which chef was going home last episode. So right, come on. right. <laughs> except there was one chef who stabbed a host to death with a knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In that episode, you're I'm like, go come home, on, I know dude. it was going home. Yeah, and and the, the thing Mercer doesn't even know about the train. Uh-huh. How do you, I just uh, the mind beggars of uh, how you could hide from the supreme commander of the forces the existence of such a large project? Yeah, I I really couldn't, tell you, especially when his troopers are directly involved in it. It's like, yeah, it's I like Darth Vader not knowing about the Death Star. Uh huh. Sure. Like, how, what? How the fuck would he not? You know? Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, um, let's go back to Aaron's group. Again, still in the herd here, trying to peel off again, uh, this time to get to an RV. Uh, Aaron, Jerry, and Lydia make it in, but Luke and his girl get swept away in the flow of walkers. Um, Casey Jones also gets swept away, and Lydia tries to save him, fails, and gets a walker bite for her troubles. Also, the walkers take notice of them and swarm the RV. And I'm immediately like, okay, well, hack off her arm. Let's do it. Yep. I want to see this. It's been a while, though, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's been since Aaron, I think. Well, a lot of people get bit in the neck. They get bit in the torso. Right, and you can't, you can't do anything about that. You're not hacking any of that off. So, yeah, I mean, the arm bite is, is probably the best place to get bitten. Mm-hmm. Or the leg. leg. Any extremity. Yeah, a Herschel, Herschel-style bite's probably pretty good. Pinky toe. <laughs> Yeah, then you could maybe just take the toe off. Uh huh. You can get in there the fast enough and, with the. Supporters. And you could argue maybe maybe we don't need the pinky toe. They're just good for getting stubbed anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Uh. Get, get bit in the, in the earlobe. That might be a good place yeah. to get bit. <laughs> I don't know. Losing an ear though, that seems like that's a pretty pretty big disfiguring. Whereas a pinky toe, like you wear boots, nobody's even going to know. True. Uh, but this is just like, okay, like Lydia, okay, you're going to lose an arm. Interesting, because like, I don't, it, I wonder, hmm, I wonder if they are going to, 
Are they going to turn Lydia into Carl so they can kind of sort of have the Carl ending? I haven't read the comic book, so I don't know. In what way? Because it doesn't Carl lose, doesn't he lose his arm? Or is that Rick? I thought Rick did. Yeah. Rick lost a hand, uh, which never happened in the show. And then Carl, yeah, of course, lost his eye. But you're right. He lost his eye, not, not, not his arm as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just wonder, like, if that was one of the things they're checking off. But yeah, apparently not. She just gets her gets her arm bit. Yeah, um, I I don't know. This is this is so tragic too because this is like the the puppy love infatuation first crush kind of thing for this girl. Yeah. Like she's she's mm-hmm. never been around anyone else who wasn't so fucked up that they're unrecognizable as a human. Uh, yeah, d- d- this is her first she relationship, and she's losing arms for it. Yeah, yes. But he died, so like too. that 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 just makes her even more like desperate to like, oh my god, this is happening again. You know? Sure, sure. I guess Casey's her one true love. I don't know, Casey Jones. She's a teenager. They're all their one. That's true what loves. I mean. That's what I mean. She's Everyone's like one true. If you love someone, it's all you know. You're never thinking like, oh well, this will be the time I love someone for about ten years, and then they'll, you know, like you never think <laughs> sure. of that. It's always. I feel like we're hard, too hard on teenagers. You know, like they're they're fair. up in their hormones and everything. But like I've oh, I never said I love you to a person that I'm like, you know what? This has got an expiration date. Yeah, I love you <laughs> for the next month and a half while we're. Doing this is this fine thing. for now, but mm-hmm. you know, I got plans, and you're not in them, but. <laughs> All right, let's go uh, back to the Commonwealth. Lockdown is in effect. Mercer clues Max into what's going on and sends her home. Or maybe he sends her to meet Princess at Union Station. I'm very confused by this scene, actually. Uh, Anyway, Pamela's new best goon eyes Max suspiciously. I think that's what they do. I think that's why he's he's retasking, uh, you know, uh, Max and Yamiko to because now he's being called away. He was going to do that. He's now sending them out to to meet them. Yeah, but he also tells her to go home because lockdown's in effect, and that means everybody. Well, I, that's that that was that him putting sure? on a stage voice for okay. the colonel who is walking up. Yeah, I thought that yeah. might be the case, but I wasn't sure. I I gotta say that like at the end of the show, I'm starting to notice some things about the Commonwealth armor, and I've noticed the molded butt cheeks. Nice. Every time they sit down, it looks intensely uncomfortable. But this mm-hmm. episode, I couldn't help but notice Mercer's got this enormous cod piece. Oh, yeah. That's been a constant problem. Sure. When he sits down in the mm-hmm. Jeep, it just thrusts and digs into his chest and gut. It's, uh-huh. And it's just there, just a giant <laughs> triangle diaper thing that's completely shifted to the front. And it's like they oh, needed yeah. they needed they needed a cot. They needed a sitting cod piece where any scene where he's about to sit down, it needs to be half the size and not like include the part that goes between his legs. He just refused. So. It just made it look diminutive. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Nah, if anything, make this cod piece bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when you sit down, it's going to ride. I'd rather ride up than ride down, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, the sheer vanity on display yeah. in the, the oh, cod size. It uh, brings Mercer down, man. He's 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 too cocky. He thinks he can take. He thinks he's secure. He's shit talking Pamela. He's inflating his cod piece. It's it's all gone <laughs> to his head. It's it really certainly does. gone in. Really dug into his gut if it hasn't gone to his head. Yeah. It really does like look like an ordeal to sit down to, to try and figure really? out the jigsaw puzzle that are That's his what I'm pieces saying. of armor. 
that's what's always been funny about this guy. It's like this is just his outfit. This isn't like no. you know, like he He's, show he goes to like do paperwork and full battle uh-huh. rattle. There's no like dress uniform he can turn, change into. It's just always in this goddamn fucking armor. That's worthless, yeah, no, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean, look at Eugene. If if your armor, if your helmet can't withstand a, a butt from a rifle, it's useless. It's not a helmet. Yeah, I finally found white white armor that's use more useless than the stormtroopers because yeah. you know Ewoks they're they're wild animals. They got they, they got the animal strength. Uh, sure. They got that uh, you know like they're like little brown they're like little black bears running around with 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 bolt like bowling balls uh, size clubs and and they're using giant lines, things like that and arrows and all. But like yeah, Eugene just got like a mag light. Like you should yeah. a helmet should be able to take a blow from a mag light flashlight. I'm sorry, easily. I, I can see it surprising you, but yeah, if it knocks yeah. you to the ground. Yeah, to where you're helpless to Eugene. <laughs> right. Like a Mercer comes up and clubs you with that mag light, then maybe you don't recover. You're just like, oh god, I'm off balance maybe. and yeah. like, but but yeah. I'm with you. Uh all right, Lydia freaks out about Casey Jones, wants to go after him. Um Aaron and Jerry manage to settle her down and then chop off her arm. I like, I like cool. Aaron here. Um, tell yeah. her, look, I've been through this. You know, this is the worst part. You'll come out the other side better. All that stuff. Which would be awesome to have a guy like that where it's like inconvertible. This is not the end of yeah. your life. Like I have yeah. lived, I've loved, I've got a child. I am a stalwart member of the community. Like you can't like it's it's one thing for someone like Jerry or Daryl to be like, it's going to be OK. But like Aaron knows. And I mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was really well handled. I even like Jerry, like apologizing before he does what he knows he's got to be done. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty good scene. Yeah. That's, that's rough, man. And they have no anesthetic. They have no, uh, medication for this. It's just going to be what it is. They cut away, but actually it took Jerry like four or five swings to get through that, you know, bone and yeah, he (laughs) he had actually taken a shower before this and all the guts you see on him after this are all Lydia's. (laughs) I just Lydia sprint. I yeah, think she yeah. lost a fuck ton of blood. It seems like I say she does. Yeah, she's so. looking pretty pale. Uh, then we go back to the group waiting for Mercer to show up uh, outside the the entrance to the tunnels here, and um, they get antsy that he hasn't arrived. So Princess says, "Like, hey, let's give him time." Carol decides to sneak around and find another way in, and Carol's just gone. Mm-hmm. as best i can tell now right like she's she's just mm. kind of out of the picture for a while here does she i'm trying to think of like does she show back yo she shows back up at the by the end of the episode because we don't have to worry about yeah. a Carol plot but when and how because i, I thought know. she she left the group here i mean i guess she found another way in um right anyway suddenly these guards who are out guarding the tunnel get called away to deal with the herd and the group breaks in and i think this is intentional like this is mercer I think being cautious about the herd, but also yeah. intentionally drawing patrols away from where the guys are. He's pulling uh-huh. from these areas deliberately. He can't be there to meet them, but he can pull his guys off the, the tunnel. Right, right. Yeah, so they won't bust him. Yep. Although, I guess, because he's got this one that's described as lieutenant of some, so it seems like he's, like, loyal personally to Mercer. Mm-hmm. Are none of these white troopers loyal to... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> are none of these white guys loyal to the their black command? Are none Jeez. of the guy the white the white armored troopers? Are none of these guys loyal to Mercer? Because like it's cool that you're taking them off duty, but like better would be like, hey, 
uh there's people coming in i need you to escort um maybe he, he might be concerned that pamela's new best goon is listening in um on the radio oh i see yeah and she is she definitely is yeah, yeah. so maybe he's trying not to draw attention to it gotcha that makes sense but the the episode doesn't make that point they're just like yeah have him have him do this uh yeah it's funny to me you know the only guy who has his helmet off in this entire episode other than mercer and do best goon is the one that they want you to recognize as loyal to mercer i assume because yeah. next time uh next episode he's gonna be the one kind of helping mercer out and get moving this plot forward with the troopers yeah that's the thing when those helmets are tight they fit so tight on the hat it's it, it, so tight on the head you can't think yeah. So like all the good people have their hat, the helmets off because they can think and all the, the mm-hmm. bad people got those helmets on. It's constricting their brain, their brain blood <laughs> right. and they can't think they can't thinky. No thinky. <laughs> no thinky goody. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. And coincidentally, I'm wearing a helmet. Uh, it's really tight. I have an extraordinarily large head and it's cutting off all the, in fact, I've been wearing it for 12 years. It turns out because <laughs> right. I haven't been able to say a goddamn thing right on this podcast. Uh, also, you've been watching The Walking Dead for 12 years. That's true. So. That hasn't hurt. That hasn't helped IQ. No. Uh-uh. No. All right. How about the scene where Pamela finds out that Mercer called the tunnel guards off their post, but specifically tells new best goon not to do anything about it. Says, nope. Yeah. Don't do anything about it. Don't worry about it. And remember this fact, because the very next time you see new best goon, she's going to be arresting Mercer for treason. No, and I watched this episode zero, twice. I'm, I'm going to try to think this, if there's anything <laughs> that's changed on the ground. Okay, that, that new best goon would know about, and that right. the audience would maybe need to see Pamela communicate. Right. No, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything, if there's a thread there that we haven't picked up, but like I, I don't think there is, but we'll we'll see as we go through. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's really all there is to that scene. Um, so we can keep yeah. moving. Mercer is out at the gates coordinating the B-17, but his idiotic troopers get overrun by the dead again. I They can climb. Can they also run as fast as a Jeep? Is that what it's implied here? You, you got these, the, the ones we've been calling thinkers for a while now, uh, the climbers. Uh-huh. They, they just claw their way onto the Jeep. These guys are idiots. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, and the thing is, is like okay, maybe you get one of these uh, the 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 soldiers, uh-huh. you know, because it's behind you and you're not looking at your rear view mirror that I assume that they have, uh, and you know, uh, they sneaks up and kills one of them. But how the fuck do you kill two fully armored troopers that have knives on their on their 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 wrists? Like their entire mm-hmm. forearms are just covered in these like four inch knives. Yeah. The bat, the How does this happen to you? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know it's man. It's embarrassing. I mean, I guess like it bites the passenger and the driver gets so scared that he flips the Jeep because we've seen that's that. A, that's we've the thing the is Jeep like flip. these these Commonwealth soldiers make the worst decisions in their death rows, man. It's just oh, bad yeah. news. They fling open gates. They, <laughs> fall, they, yeah, fall they flip trolley. over Jeeps. They just don't know what to do with themselves when they get attacked by zombies. Yeah. And again, presumably these are like the good ones. These are the ones entrusted with the perimeter defense. What what the hell? Yeah, it really it really just chaps my ass when I see writing like this. Cause I mentioned Andor and how good their 
their latest episode is with this kind of stuff. And you don't have troopers who are just complete idiots making unbelievably bad decisions or or falling on controls and accidentally opening gates and stuff when they die or or even like when they're in trouble and they get a little bit surrounded flipping a jeep i mean do you remember a few episodes ago when that trooper just flipped the jeep for no fucking reason Uh uh-huh i don't even know how you flip a jeep those things are not really designed to flip but and I feel like they could have so they could have done because soldiers famously don't like to wear their heavy armor, and especially when they're moving around and you know, like you're in the desert and you got to wear this you know seventy pounds of gear and this five pound steel plate and this heavy ass Kevlar helmet. You're sure. gonna want to take it off at your earliest, and because you know, but then people get killed and like this is what it would be interesting if they had a, uh, um, introduced a plot line where these troops are just kind of like undisciplined and. You know, they don't like wearing their armor. And the first chance they get outside of Mercer's view, they take their helmet off or they'll loosen this or that. And that's what they're like, um, you know, vanity or their creature comforts or Mm -hmm. their just slovenliness is what kills them. But they're fully they got every piece of armor on. I don't know why you wear it, if not to keep a zombie from killing you. Right. Maybe the cod piece. Maybe they took the cod pieces off. Uh, And they got the dicks. It's a Eugene variant of zombie. Uh They're dick biters. (laughs) They instinctively go uh-huh. for the critical areas. I don't know. Uh, so Mercer reacts by calling everyone back to the gates and loading the heavy ammo, uh, which will uh, eventually get him in trouble. Uh, a trooper comes to search Eugene's apartment, so Eugene beats him unconscious. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what he did. He just, he just beat, he took a, he took a, I don't know, not even like one of those monstrous four or five D cell, but just a regular size flashlight knocks mm-hmm. the guy in the head. Then, then finishes the job. Yep. At least he, I guess he takes the guy's helmet off. He does body slam the guy too. Like this is Eugene man of action. I just don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I guess he's, 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 he's fighting for the woman he loves. So yeah, I mean, that's what he's fire saying. Yeah. But again, that gives you the motivation. It does not give you the skill. Sure. And I don't know where this like fucking, uh, you know, division one wrestling came out of because he just grabs <laughs> this guy and like pile drives him to the ground. Yeah. I mean, you hook somebody behind the knees. It's tough. It's tough for them to stay on their feet. Yeah. I feel like I've watched enough UFC to know this is how it's done. Yeah, he he shooted. Mm-hmm. He shot. Shot in there and got him by the legs. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. 
And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members, with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Uh, Anyway, Lydia wakes up and wants to go after Casey Jones. Jerry sees how upset she is and volunteers to go find him so that, you know, I'm going to be so pissed off if Jerry dies getting essentially so that Lydia will stop crying. (laughs) If Jerry dies to save Casey Jones to make Lydia happy, that would be one of the worst outcomes that I can think of. Yeah, because I kind of like Lydia. I don't know what to think about Casey Jones. He has been a complete cipher. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. I'm glad I'm glad Lydia likes him. Uh, but like, yeah, that that's really going to harsh my buzz with this show. If they kill off Jerry for this stupid reason. And, I feel and like it's almost it's like too, because they the way made... he's talking is like he thinks he's going to die. Yeah. Well, well, the show has been making this point about them being stronger together. Right. And like they're th- them now coming back together is the thing that's going to make this plan succeed. And he's going off alone. This seems like it a doesn't terrible make any idea. sense. Like, yeah, just like take, t- take the, the girl who's got blood loss and is barely able to stand. Just like, you know, just, just she's feeble. Just keep her there. And yeah, cause mm-hmm. you're right. These people are all hardened survivor, uh, survival pros at this point, even fucking the professor. And I don't, yeah, I don't know why this is happening. Um, it's maybe they all got woozy after they hugged, did a group hug, and they got their face buried in the zombie guts, and just got kind of like you know, just got high, uh-huh. high off the smell. Just like you're just like, oh my god, my head's swimming. I'll do something mm. heroic and stupid. Yeah, no, it's really just as to make it so she's not going to cry anymore. She's throwing a tantrum, and Jerry's giving in. Uh, 
it's a bad idea. Not, I mean, it's like it's, he's moved by her grief and how young she is and how much she's lost and how she's had a pretty sure. rough life. Like Jerry's had a pretty sweet life, all balanced in the last. And like Liddy's been shit on from the beginning. She had that mm-hmm. crazy mom, this crazy cult experience. Finally got out of it. Her best friend slash burgeoning boyfriend got got fucking killed. It's it's pretty terrible. And uh, sure. I don't know. As soon as you start talking cobbler, I'm like, oh god, they're doing the deep callbacks, man. This this man's dead. He's in trouble. It's dead man's cobbler. He's eating right here. Yeah. Imagine how Nabila and his two children are gonna feel when he doesn't turn up. That's the thing. Like, I can't believe. Yeah, like if you're gonna on balance devastate a family, do you choose Aaron or Jerry? Because Jerry's going to widow and orphan two children. Aaron just orphans a child. But I guess she has nothing. <laughs> Gracie, yeah. And Jerry's kids has Nabila. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I, I don't know just how to let do Lydia math. go. Let Lydia go find Casey Jones. That's the solution I remember here. <laughs> I always thought it was funny. In season one or two, like Glenn was the designated sacrificial because he's the one, and, you know, for number one, he was the, he's had a good heart and enough heart to do it where Daryl would give a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. And Rick had his family and kids. So it's like, he was always like the logical guy, but like Jerry, man, you got a wife and kids. Yeah. I, I don't want him to go out like this. I don't either. We'll see if he does. All right. Pamela's new best goon. After being told about to deal with Mercer, because Pamela's got this, goes and arrests Mercer for treason. There's no connective tissue, right? Right? Is there Mercer? Is it? The only thing I can think of is, is Pamela misinterpreting Mercer's redeploying the troops? Like, because he increases it. Like, he gives another order to... Uh, send another uh, uh, like they, they essentially send all troops to the east gate to rally to push this thing back and is Pamela mm-hmm. not knowing about the climbing zombies not knowing about the chaos outside the gates is she interpreting this as him consolidating power and is about to move against her maybe but I That's definitely need a scene telling me that. a lot a lot of the dots that connect on a show that doesn't usually expect you to connect any yeah no I I I don't even think it's fair to connect those dots. Honestly, I think it's yeah. It's like if you know you know you remember when you're a kid, you got the work the, the Weekly World Reader. You know, that's this little pamphlet no. that they had. Like you know, you don't remember? Did they stop doing this? God damn! No wonder all the generations are lost. You didn't get any news in school. But they had this like. <laughs> Okay. That's sort of like eight page pamphlet that was like every month you get one and would have like write ups about like world events and. Hmm scientific discoveries and you know things going on in the middle east and space and science and all that but they're always written famously at like a third to fifth grade level because they're designed for like you know people up to maybe junior high if the workly the weekly world reader ever came out with like something written at like a master's level mm-hmm. like you would lose your audience right and i feel like the walking dead has is the weekly world reader of weekly shows and they cannot just expect us to start connecting dots this late in the game. Yeah. I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. You've, you've, you've done this down to third graders, man. What, what are you pitching his master's level shit at us? <laughs> it's not, yeah. I don't know. A, a, a lot of, I've seen shows that expect you to connect dots. Mm-hmm. They always leave enough dots for you to connect. I feel like there are just dots missing. Like, yeah, I do draw this picture connect the dots to make this picture of a unicorn and the horn is missing. It's just a fucking horse. Like it's just a horse. You're telling me it's a unicorn. I see a horse. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't I don't know either. Um it wouldn't be the first time I think this last season we talked about it, it feels like there were some weird edits where things were missing. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. It's nothing new. Um, but it is annoying every time it happens. Uh the the other thing that happens in this scene is Mercer tells new best goon to deal with the herd because something is going on. There's something weird about it. Yeah, she something's changed. These them. walls won't hold, Colonel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over to Daryl's group, sneaking through the tunnels and arriving at Union Station. Max isn't there to meet them, but a hit squad is. And there's a. I, I, I'm going to kind of do some of this stuff out of order because there are three things going on here. But okay, we'll we'll try and get to them all in due time. Uh, so yes, there's a chaotic firefight here during which Pamela Milton herself shoots Judith and she blames everybody else. Uh, you did this. She shouts at them. <laughs> Ugly screams. Uh-huh. You did this. Yeah. And then Daryl uses a smoke screen to evacuate Judith. And that's kind of where we'll stop here. And there's other classic FPS on. strategy of fi- shoot the fire extinguisher to instantly make a smoke cloud. Uh-huh. I kind of like it. I, I, I'm I not going to lie. I kind of think that's cool. Um, I think it's cool. Here's the thing I don't think is cool. What the fuck is Pamela doing here? I don't She knows know. there's going to be live gunfire and she's willing to wade into that for what? <sighs> to personally put I, a bullet in the resistance? I think that you're supposed to understand that she's a bit unhinged from losing her child and, you know, losing her grip, starting to lose her grip on power and these constant struggles. And they, hmm. they, they also established that she is not was not meant for this. She was thrust in this position because of her, um, you know, she compared herself to like Deanna from Alexandria, uh, where like that's a person who was a born leader and who has been educated and trained and experienced. And I was just kind of a socialite who's my daddy was the president and my other dad was a governor and I got the Milton name and I just got thrust. So like, I think they're showing that she is just a weak person that's being crushed and she's doing these desperate, like you, mm-hmm. you like if the governor of, um, uh, what was the place in season three Woodbury? and four? Yeah, if Governor Woodbury did this, you wouldn't question it at all. Oh, sure, because yeah, uh, he is crazy. But I think you're supposed—I think you understand that, like, she's now at that level uh, gotcha. because of everything that's happening. I don't think they've done a great job telling that story. I think, like, I've seen cracks, just, but nothing this big. Nothing to, that says she would show up to a live ammo gunfight to agree to, to what? Agreed. Like, she's not trained for any of that. As much as she's not trained to be the the head of the Commonwealth. She's not trained for a live firefight. I can tell you that much, but they also need her to freak out. And yes, like this is the thing. They wanted their big moment where Pamela herself shoots Judas. So they can make the point that she is blaming everyone else around her. Right? Like she's, well, they also no want her to fly for the first time, feel fear it, yeah, because yeah. she almost gets shot. And then that feeds into the decision to pull everyone back to the estates to protect her. But it's just, it just like, yeah, this is where context. everything is. Everything's going. But they, they I don't know where they 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 drug their feet too much. And now it's just like, oh, shit, we're just out of episodes. We got to end this thing because right. like, it feels like it's just moving way too fast. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the staging and all of this is terrible. It's it's it, everyone suddenly stopped shooting because a child got shot. And if which the is other bullshit. thing is, if she knew if she knew that they were going to like, when did Pamela know that Mercer will for sure betrayed her and when did she set up this like choke point 
you know, like, like, did she set this? Cause there was like a couple of places he could have used. There's these tunnels. There's this other place. Like, I don't know. Like there's a couple other missing pieces where she had all these guys organized. They chained things up. There's multiple levels of perimeter. Uh, and she sh- personally showed up. Like I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what tipped her off. Yeah. There's that, that call where new Bescoon tells her that Mercer has pulled people from the tunnels. Right. He pulled his guys, and she gives that a little bit of thought, a thoughtful look. Mm-hmm. And then we but cut they needed away. One more. I assume that there is needs to be when one it more. happened. But yeah, they did. They did. The commit to it, yeah. Because why wouldn't she bring the colonel onto it? Just arrest Mercer immediately. Yeah, I also have a big problem with it. Uh, all of these goons who are g- given orders to kill all these people stop shooting because there was a child there who got shot. That's complete bullshit. Like Daryl, <laughs> the gun battle just pauses for yeah. dramatic pur- purpose. Yeah. 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 So she can shout to them and they can hear her over the gunfire. Right. And so that Daryl doesn't get shot immediately when he jumps out to cradle Judith and yeah, it's bullshit. It all just stops. And then Carol jumps out, restarts the firefight by jumping out taking aim and shooting a goon standing next to Pamela next to instead Mer- of Pamela, Pamela Milton yeah, herself shooting Pamela. Th- this is, this is ridiculous. Not very Carol of her. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So I was annoyed by pretty much this whole thing top to bottom, except for the fire extinguisher smoke screen. I thought fire extinguisher cool. smoke screen the entire, <laughs> the, the, the entire encounter. Yeah. All right, let's go to the other thread that's going on while this is happening. Um, oh, can we talk about Judith, though, like sacrificing oh, yeah. her? Like, this is a very Rick Grimes thing. She says, try to sacrifice herself to save someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, she saw Pamela drawing up a bead on Maggie and pushed her out of the way and took the bullet instead. So yeah. she is a Grimes after all. She is. I hope she gets to use that Python. I hope, I hope they the Judith gets to actually kill Pamela Milton. That's what I, I thought like. that was cool that they 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 established that uh, Daryl was using uh, Rick's gun to shoot the fire extinguisher. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He took it off of Judith, and and uh, thought that was a cool moment too. Yeah, I guess what else would he shoot it with? Right, crossbow. <laughs> no, he had a rifle. Yeah, Daryl has been his crossbow. We have late. No. He's been rocking the assault rifles and the knives more than anything. To be fair, a rifle much more effective weapon than a crossbow. Mm. probably should have done that a long time ago anyway yeah let's go to one of the other threads here Max and Yumiko are observed someone sneaking around the train and decide to move in the guy sneaking around is Eugene and they all kind of meet up after the Pamela Milton shootout um, back with with Daryl's group so so everybody is kind of back together again right and then you've got the- yeah. And this is another faith rewarded. That might be what they're actually going for a lot of this stuff. The fact that like this whole thing would have been over had not the other survivors independently acting on their own converging to this place, and Eugene didn't even know what's going on, and he just kind of saves the day. You, you like that 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 faith rewarded kind of theme that they showed last uh, episode, where it's like we just got to do what we got to do and trust that we'll get some breaks along the way from our allies and compatriots. And this this thing this 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 uh, episode's theme family, but that faith thing is still continuing to go through. That you just have to sometimes rely on a little bit of luck and and your friends having your back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it works very effectively because it does feel extremely writerly for Eugene to get there and knock this perimeter guard out the exact moment that they're busting through that door. Because if he does, mm-hmm. if he does that even five seconds late, the first three people in through that doorway, just get ventilated. Yeah. 
Yeah, which might not but, have been bad because I think uh, Magda was the first one through. Oh, really? She's leading yeah. the way. Yeah. I'd well, be you right steal half her supplies, you can steal half her bullets. Mm-hmm. Mid for us, yeah. <laughs> be a team player. Yeah, I, I forget where... So there are a lot of separate groups here going around doing things. I don't... Where are Rosita and Gabriel at this point? Um... They're headed They're to the children's trying to children's find home? the children's home. Yes. Okay. I we just kind of dropped that thread here in the middle of the episode, right? Like the, the, the whole beginning of the episode is about that. The second yeah. half of this episode has nothing to do with it. So it's, it's the other. half. Well, the we, we meet back up with them and cause like apparently the child, the orphanage surprise surprises in the lower wards. So they all crash uh, back, you know, uh, and, and rendezvous at the end. But yeah, like why did they yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like why would they where did they come in from? I don't know and have have they done their job or are they I didn't see Who are we missing? We're they're miss- missing Gracie. I didn't see Gracie yet. We're missing Coco as well. That's Coco, yeah, not Gracie Coco. Find. Coco. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Um So then we go back over to the East Gate, where walkers are pressing against the gates, and the climbers get to do what they do best, which is climb. And they manage to climb up and get the guard in the tower, who falls. <laughs> That's on the, the one evolutionary advantage is going to be, be crack everything open. These things can weakly climb. Yeah, they they can slowly <laughs> inch their way up these towers um, to the point where this idiot guard can't protect himself in the guard tower and he falls on the controls and opens the gate for all of the, the herd to come in. You see, so you see a zombie, a couple zombies start to climbing supports and you yourself are in a tower. Uh-huh. Isn't one of the first things you do to check your own environment? Like, Oh my God, these guys can climb now. Holy fuck. Let me turn around. But this guy is just like freaking out about these climbing zombies and screaming into radio. And he just, ign- and again, even as the zombie gets to drop, Mm-hmm. If you just like panic react and just like lash out within a defensive move with your hand, you will impale the zombie's head on those four inch Batman spikes. Uh-huh. I, it just it just drives me crazy. It just oh fuck, it drives me so crazy that not only yeah. and, and if he just dies, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But he has to die and thrash around and, and hit all the controls to open the doors wide. Yep, yep. I I feel like that's the crutch that The Walking Dead has long relied on is accidents. Uh, and stupid an accident. accidents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. When you're dying, I can see you doing accidental, stupid things. But they do it so frequently that it has become the the modus operandi. Here is for them to just fall on controls for them to freak out and accidentally shoot the tires yeah. out of a truck and it flips and everybody's dead. And then it's or, a trope. Like uh, how, how many action movies you've seen where the bad guy gets shot and his finger tightens on the weapon and it, it smashes into it. But it just like, I don't know. It feels, I'm trying to think of like, what's the, what's the, it just, I don't know. It just like the threads. Like it's one thing when Arnold Schwarzenegger does that, the hero of the show. It's another thing when some bee zombie that just can, his special powers climbing gets mm-hmm. to drop and it, it feels malicious. It feels like the guy's like, fuck you for not being able to save me. So I'm going to open up the doors and it's now your problem to deal with. Sure. Like, 
Yeah, it just happens too frequently is the problem. If it happened or once he's like in consciously switching sides. Well, I'm a zombie now, basically. So uh, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to set myself up for the next live doors. <laughs> yeah, open. There's I'm, that moment where the mental calculus switches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I can talk myself into like and brains. OK, let's let's uh, let's make a good impression his, for the news. His new reality just instantly kicks in. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's uh, one of those guys that doesn't dwell in the past. He's always moving forward. <laughs> He's going to, you know, I, I learned to like Rocky Road. I can mm-hmm. learn to eat brains. Yeah. <laughs> Help my brain brethren out. Oh, man. Uh, where are we? Yeah, Pamela's new best goon reports that the dead are inside the gates. New best goon has a plan to save most of the city, but Pamela tells her to protect the state's district and send the herd toward the lower ward, which is the, the pores, the pores, the poor zone. Yeah. Let the pores deal with them, which uh-huh. I, I mean, great plan. But like, I, I presume that the pores outnumber the rich at least ten to one. Guess what? You're gonna have a ten to one zombie problem uh, on 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 uh, on your hands if you know. Like, I just said, God, it's so. I don't understand why the colonel goes along with it. Because like the other thing that they needed to do, I think, is have Mercer be the second in command, uh-huh. and the first command be a blue blood. Like like a he's a you know a, a the the a general that was politically connected and is like personally loyal to the and is and is like as well was wealthy and I, I don't know they needed like some kind of aristocrat type of dude running the thing and mm-hmm. it just because like why would the colonel obey this order because she doesn't seem like she's evil she seems like she just thinks that the commonwealth is worth fighting for which fair enough I could see a reasonable person thinking about that sure but if your leader's like yeah Ram I. I I engineered this situation and yeah. in a crisis, I want you to ram the crisis through, as you say, the pores. It seems insane. Yeah. Um, no, and you can see on her face, right? She is not taking this well, but she does go along with it. I mean, yeah, they, they block off the, the city and stuff. We, we see it happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think she's realizing the mess she's in. It's just like, how far is she going to follow that thread? I, I kind of feel like next episode, she's going to turn on Pamela as well. But I would we'll hope. See. I would hope for sure. Uh, anyway, in the final scene here, Daryl's team rushes Judith to the clinic, but they get surrounded by troopers. Uh, turns out they're not after them. They're just trying to redirect the herd toward the lower ward. And they get caught up in this. Uh, Luke and his girl emerge from the herd. And they managed to get Daryl away down an alley carrying Judith. And in a daze, Judith calls Daryl daddy. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. First, mm-hmm. Kelly very narrowly avoids winning the Andrea dumbass award for killing a survivor uh, oh, yeah? for no good reason. Just being trigger happy. You remember that time where Andrea almost killed uh, uh-huh. Uh, Daryl because he was covered in zombie ears and yeah, she was just bad. I just, I just want to I just want to shoot sh- prove that I can shoot a gun she almost kills the dude uh-huh. Kelly almost does that when when Luke and uh, his girlfriend come running out of crowd yeah um and Judith Judith weakly opening her eyes and calling Daryl daddy by mistake has to give him like a plus 10 to all of his saves involving Judith for the rest of the series like I'm I'm now talking mm-hmm. myself in that there's no fucking way he's going to allow her to die I mean, he's certainly going to do everything he can to prevent it. Yeah. 
And he's I've Daryl. seen this man one v one a tank. Yeah, he's his powers are formidable. When he just when he was just kind of bro love Rick, right? There was uh-huh. no like you know daughter father surrogate relationship here. I feel like yeah that he can destroy the Commonwealth single handedly brick by brick if he needed to. Oh yeah, yeah, I fully. And he can't that. be killed because he's being spun off. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's the best armor. Happen. There's no cod piece to wear. The plot armor is the best armor to have. Really, it really is. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> I don't care how big your cod piece is. If you, you uh-huh. got a spin off, you're you're solid. That helmet's impervious too. I uh, like Negan's. Uh, man, they're just yeah. being wasteful with the fucks now. Just sure like are. just throwing them out, dime a dozen. Negan just a what the fuck on climbing zombies. I I loved it though. Right, I I. This is one of those moments of realization that, you know, we've already already realized as an audience and it's happened multiple times now where somebody else has realized it. But I kind of like it each time because it would be a big surprise. You've gone a decade or more with walkers being these dumb things that shamble around the woods, can't do anything. And then suddenly there's one climbing up on a Jeep and a car and looking at you. That's fucked up. It would be like walking into a room and seeing dogs unironically playing poker. It would yes. just change what you thought was capable. You know, uh-huh. everything, uh, what, what, what they're capable of. And it's a curious thing to do on the, 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 <laughs> the, the last few episodes of a main series. But yeah, I mean, it lets Negan say fuck. So I'm happy with let's it. Let's Negan say fuck. Yeah. God, if they, what if they were doing this back when it really mattered? Like oh, if, if Negan was able to, if, uh-huh. or if, if Negan was just able to say fuck whenever he wanted to, because mm-hmm. man, he did in the comics a lot. It's one of his defining oh, features. Yeah. He had some very colorful if, language if, in the comics. If Negan had a fuck or two per episode to work with, oh mm-hmm. my god, I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. We kind of just get uh, Judith calling Daryl daddy, and and we're out. Do we have any? I guess last minute predictions. Do you think gun to your head? Mm. Judith dies. No. Do you think one of Judith, Gracie, RJ or Herschel dies? No, I think all the kids live. I, I don't know. I feel like the kids are too innocent. The kids are too, there's too much hope tied up in the kids. Cause the story they're trying to tell here is, a hopeful one, Coco. right? It's Coco die. Oh, yeah. Are they? Are they? Are they telling us a hopeful story? I don't. I don't know. I don't know I anymore. Because so. I, I think like you can't affect change is a big part of this story. Um, despite the odds, uh, yeah, I, I think the one they're trying to tell is an inspirational, hopeful story about people coming together to make a better world. And I don't see the better world if a bunch of kids are dying. Mm. At least not. I don't say bunch. I think I. I think one of them. One I just them. saw. I mean, it's um, most it's, likely to be Judith. If anybody, she's already shot. So it's being widely reported. Probably, probably because the episode. No, it's not. The episode's uh, out. It's being widely reported. Right. As the finale. Time. Isn't it? Because we're 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 recording. We're this. releasing these on. So we're recording this late. We're releasing them uh-huh. usually on a schedule of when the episode oh, airs. Right. So AMC Plus, you're right. I think you're right. Finale. Okay, okay. Because um, I'm, I'm seeing that the the finale episode is in fact 90 minutes long. Okay, 
right. That, so they will have a little right. extra time to deal with the denouement. But man, there's so much stuff to clean up. I think one of the kids is going to die. If I had to put money yeah. on it, I'd probably put Herschel because I don't see. Wow. I don't. I I just I just don't see how they fit Herschel into a streamlined survival series of her and Negan having these high adventures. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Could be right. We'll see. Um. But yeah, so it's going to get exit. But I, I, I feel like one of them. Do you think Jerry's going to die? That's my other question. Yeah, is I, I think so. Ah, unfortunately, damn it, that I would think be so. such a fucking bummer. because of the themes that they've been going with, right? That stronger together stuff, and him going off alone in this episode, I feel is a harbinger of death. You know, another one I'm worried about is Ezekiel. Hey, he got a real yeah. big moment to shine, and I think, and I'm I know dead, that Negan's going to live. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I think, going to, I think he's going to say, because he, he's got no one. I've got the perfect he's ending got, for Ezekiel. Perfect yeah. ending. We we don't see Ezekiel in the final episode. And then they do a, a post credits on the final episode and is and they show a big herd, right? And mm. then they slowly zoom in on the herd and you hear someone in the crowd say, and yet I smile. And we keep zooming in and eventually we <laughs> see that one of them might be Ezekiel. I'm a walker. Uh, I'm a walker, and yet I smile. And yet oh. I smile. I'm eating brains, and yet I smile because <laughs> brains actually taste good. Do you do you think that? Uh, I because I think it's. I think they're going to set up that because Ezekiel's got nothing to live for. Like Carol's kind of uh-huh. spurned. Uh, she they've they've got they've had an equilibrium, but it's not going to go the way he's. She's not going to be his queen again. Mm-hmm. And I, actually, Carol might die since she's not on the spin, the Walking Dead spinoff anymore. But like, I, I think oh, it's, right. it'd be something poetic for Ezekiel to die saving Negan because he is moved by him starting this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ezekiel's chapters are over. You know, he's wanting to save the Commonwealth, and I think he would get a kick out of allowing Negan to have a chance to to live this all this down. Like, you and know, he already saved him once, right? Right. I, I think that do it again. I think that they're actually going to there's going to be some kind of heroic thing there. I'm trying to think of anybody yeah. else. Uh, do any of the the lost sheep, the Casey Jones, the Professor Luke, uh, Professor Luke's girlfriend, uh, do any of them die? Um, <laughs> I mean, the true answer is I don't care. Like, I could not care less okay. if Luke or his girl, whose name I have not bothered to learn or Casey Jones get murked i could not care I, it would be funny if casey jones comes back sees that lydia is missing an arm's like ah man i was really you know i'm kind of into two arm girls <laughs> and then he puts puts his hockey mask on throws a smoke bomb and just disappears uh-huh. yeah. and jerry dies for it yeah 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 that would be i'm trying to think if there's anybody else in real danger because daryl can't die no. maggie can't die negan can't die uh Ga- uh one of gabe and rosita what is your feeling on one of Gabe and Rosita um, dying? Not orphaning Coco, but sure, because you're 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 anti kids dying. But what about one one more parent? Yeah, I, I think the likely one here is probably Gabriel. Um, I feel like there's a certain amount of sacrifice that he might still feel is necessary, and that might drive him to do some crazy shit. But I don't know. I don't know about them. Not, I'm not sold that either of them necessarily needs to die. I, I don't know. Everybody, everybody else is teamed up, right? So it's hard to imagine that anybody except for Jerry and Judith at this point are in real danger. Um, you don't think? Because the other thing I was, I was wondering about Eugene. 
like he's right on the promised land of happiness and he's fought real hard and bravely. Like, I think that you could kill Eugene and nobody's going to care. It's, it's something that people would be like, Oh my God, Eugene's dead. But also like, who cares? Sure. I, I almost feel like it would be better to kill Max in that situation. <laughs> Just to torture Eugene. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Bring him back to where he started. Let's get him. Yeah, my gosh, she's dated Eugene for a season. Isn't that torture enough? <laughs> Fair. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking there won't be a lot of deaths in the finale. Because, like I said, I think the message is largely trying to be a hopeful one. Um, there has to be some death. This is the walking fucking yeah. dead. Yeah. And I think it's going to be Jerry, unfortunately. God, that's such the, that's the... That just pisses me off. Because, number one, it's, 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 it's weak sauce. Mm-hmm. Because who is Jerry in the grand scheme of things, except for everybody's favorite golden retriever? Right. Okay, they barely establish his kids and his wife. He's just this this happy go lucky guy. So fuck you for killing him. And also, it's like mm-hmm. very incon. That'd be, that's that's the most Walking Dead thing of all time. Yeah, and, and the other one who's in real danger, like you said, is Ezekiel because he's he's got basically no one that he needs to live for. He gave his and I saw and yet I smile speech. So uh-huh. he's 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 double prepared for death. Yeah, and he said he said he's been like this whole season. Like I'm just living on borrowed time. I'm just happy to be here. I can't believe I'm still sucking down oxygen. I just want mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's like how many times I'm two weeks away from retirement as a zookeeper. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's just like he's just marking himself from death. I'm black. I'm on The Walking Dead. Like it's like this uh-huh. is the oldest trope on the show. Man, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's we've somehow turned a forty-five minute episode in an hour thirty. My God, what will we do with the finale? What will we do with the finale? Uh, I'm sure you guys have lots of things to say about it. Uh, send us your feedback to Watching Dead at BaldMove.com. I know we'll consider it at least once for a wrap-up episode, a series wrap-up. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to come back and do a feedback episode. Uh, but I, I got, I got, I we'll have to see. Got a, got a pretty busy week this this week with 1899 and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, I if you want to send us feedback, watching dead at baldmove.com. If you want to follow along with everything that we're doing post Walking Dead, because uh, there's a ton of stuff that's coming down the pike. Uh, if you want to see an actually good zombie show. I can't guarantee it, but I can almost guarantee that The Last of Us on HBO is going to be the zombie show that we've all wanted and deserve these last 12 years. And we'll be covering it day one. That starts in January, right? January 15th. Yeah. January 15th. Very close. We're two months away, in fact. Um, So I guarantee. Yeah. If you're a Walking Dead fan, shame on you for not showing up for that one. Uh, We'll be covering that. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of our coverage of spaceships and zombies, and medieval fantasy type stuff, make sure you subscribe to Bald Move Pulp. It's in your favorite podcast app. Just search for Bald Move Pulp and you know regardless if it's a TV show, a movie, whatever, you'll you'll get all of our pulpy coverage. Uh, and follow us along at twitter.com slash bald move if you want to know otherwise what we're covering and about our live shows and all that kind of because there are all kinds of cool Christmas stuff coming up. Some of it you need to be a club member to participate in, but we'll be doing some live Christmas streams that anybody can show up for. Twitter.com slash bald move is how you find out about that stuff. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, we got one more episode to go. God mm-hmm. damn, an end of an era coming up, Jim. It's crazy. Big time. Yeah, this is one of the, this is the second show I think that we ever did. It's still yeah. running. It's wild. 
yeah this is how we this is the uh, i hope it's the alpha it's part it's the co-alpha along with uh breaking bad of of uh bald move hopefully it's not the omega yeah because i still I got plans so. going forward yeah, uh got a lot of house but, house of the dragon and a ton of a ton of new shows that happened this year that i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to coming back next year yeah severance, severance i'm super excited jackets. about severance yellow you got it man yeah. there's uh so there's a lot lots lots of good lots of good stuff coming back uh and we'll hope you guys come back with us but we got one more episode we're almost there walking dead series finale mm-hmm how will it let us down how will it disappoint us find out next week until then i'm aaron and i'm jim See ya.